Welcome, 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 Welcome to the Heathen Machine Chronicles. I'm your host, the Heathen Machine. I hope all of you out there are having a great week. Started uh, my MFA program, which is really cool. Um, back to uh, academic type setting. Um, back to thinking about the craft of writing, which uh, which I enjoy. So that's gonna help kickstart uh, some of these creative juices for my stories that I've been um, working on, but, but not in the way that I've been wanting to just taking notes and stuff like that. Um, so my hens are kicking ass. I mean, you know, I, I let them free range. Now they get complete access to the entire you know, property and get up in the morning and I let them out and they spend all day just foraging you know, eating, they love eating grass, which is funny to watch. They like eat the top of it. They, they like snip tops of, of grass and eat it. But, you know, they're eating bugs. I watched a couple of the hens the other day fight over a snake, a little baby snake, because they eat snakes. And I watched them fight over that because um, that's, you know, look, chickens are great entertainment. If you've never had chickens, um, I'm telling you, they're, they're, they're fun to watch. They're quirky. You know, they're, they're flighty. I mean, they're, they're crazy. They're like little dinosaurs running around. I mean, they literally eat anything and everything they can possibly get. There are some exceptions. It seems like they know not like spiders don't seem to, at least the hens I've had or the chickens I've had, they never seem to really go after spiders so much. So I don't know if there's, I don't know, maybe something that just doesn't appeal to them that spiders give off, you know, who knows? Um, so far, I, you know, I had, I had caught a black snake in one of my um, nesting boxes and that's always a risk um, with having chickens and living, you know, very rural places, especially like here in South, you know, Southern Missouri, where uh, we've got everything, every kind of reptile and spider and, you know, venomous and non-venomous and, um, we have these these black rat snakes, and they're constrictors, and they get really big. Um, they can get up to about six feet long, and they're they're beneficial overall. You know, they go after you know, the the namesake says it all rats. They go after rats, but you know they also prey on venomous snakes. They they help keep those populations in check. The only downside, and they don't mess with the chickens, so that's good. But the only downside is that they they go after the eggs. You know, which which is not good. Um, but interestingly enough, when I went into the coop and saw this snake in there trying to eat one of the eggs, you know, they just unhinge their jaws, right? And then they go to swallow it. Well, it was actually just trying to swallow the ceramic egg, which I thought was really interesting because I, I, I guess like, you know, snakes, I, I mean, don't they, sense with through heat so you, you think the snake would have known that one of the eggs wasn't even real and the reason why there's ceramic eggs in there, there I, there's there's one in each in a couple boxes but 
typically when when chickens or hens get around to laying time, it helps to put ceramic eggs in nesting boxes so they know that's where they're going to lay the eggs. You know, they see that and then it's just, I don't know the hows and the whys, but that's just what they do. You know, they just, because sometimes they'll start laying eggs wherever the fuck they want. You know, I've, um, in previous experiences um, at my old homestead, we, you know, we had hens that would just go rogue laying. You know, we'd find a pile of eggs off in the field. <laughs> we had no idea. So, um, you, de- you know, you definitely have to not necessarily train, but just kind of nudge them in that, like, hey, this is where your eggs are going to be. So, anyway, yeah, the snake was trying to swallow the ceramic egg, but I got it. I was able to get it out and, uh, Took it down my driveway, way you know, far away from uh, the coop, and let it go. I mean, it'll probably be back, but that's fine because I'm always in there every day, checking to make sure everything's good, getting the eggs. You know, t- you know, I do. It's like a a morning chore and an in a evening chore is dealing with the chickens, but it's cool because look, they're providing me with really fucking high quality protein. Um, the eggs I get from them, I mean. You know, it's the nutritional value from that is more than anything I could get at a store because you got to think. I mean, most of these eggs I'm eating are no older than 24 hours. You know, some might be two days old, but that's it. I eat like damn near 10 to 12 eggs a day as it is. So I've got like this buffer of about like three days, you know, three, I've about three dozen eggs right now. And uh, so, so now, you know, I'm on pace to, to be well stocked on eggs. So that's pretty cool. Um, man, how about the, this past weekend's UFC uh, 278? Uh, fucking Kamara Usman gets knocked out with a crazy head kick from Leon Edwards. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, last like minute to go in a fight. And I'd mentioned something about being a hammer and a nail. And man, I'll tell you what, like it was really, it was crazy seeing somebody who's been as dominant as Usman has at welterweight and to see him just get rocked and knocked out. You know, you, yeah, you realize, Hey man, even the best um, have their worst day. I mean, even the best fall, even the best stumble and um, have to face adversity. And you know, that's where, yeah, I guess you could say that that the true champion mindset comes in is 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 how well you deal with that adversity. And maybe maybe Usman was getting a little too comfortable. Maybe he was, um, you know, because towards the end of that fight, you know, he stopped pressuring Edwards in that fourth, uh, that fifth round. You know, the whole the whole fight, he'd been going forward, striking, takedowns, and he'd been really having his way. Fifth round comes and suddenly he just kind of, you know, it was when Herb Dean separated them from the fence, you know, because Usman had him up against the fence and they separated him. And for some reason, Usman did not choose to uh, come out and be the aggressor and he uh, paid the price. So crazy little shake up there in the UFC. But man, that's why mixed martial arts is so crazy. That's why the UFC is 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 fun to watch because, man, it's just so unpredictable. and. Uh, Man, and like the Luke Rockhold fight was crazy. Um, so yeah, yeah, UFC had a that was some pretty good fights. Now I wanted to 
get into this topic. Um, I touched on it this week about being with, you know, toxic people and toxic relationships. You know, it seems like we as people, we love the, we love familiarity, right? And we, we get comfortable with that. And, you know, sometimes we get into relationships, friendships, uh, you know, whether they're intimate or, or plutonic, whatever, you know, friendships, just relationships, um, get in relationships that, that end up being pretty toxic, pretty detrimental to, um, our, you know, our, 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 our self-esteem, our mental health. Um, you know, we, be, we become accustomed to, you know, maybe the, this negative um, thought process that, you know, these, these toxic people can have. You know, the thing about talking about a, a topic like this, about toxic people and like relationships is I, I think it'll be very different for different people because a lot of this is going to be based off of the things you've experienced in your life yourself. Um, you know, because we're all, look, we each have our own lens through which we view our world, relationships, and something that might be toxic to me, you know, something that might affect me might not have that same effect on someone else. So, Talking about this, you know, I, I'll, I'll probably just be very general. I'm not, I'm just going to generalize a lot of it. A lot of it isn't geared towards anyone specific. This is just stuff I've, I've experienced myself. I've seen, I've witnessed, I've been around, um, over, you know, over this, my, my 40 years of life, you know, but I think, I think people, there's like an archetype of what a toxic person is, right? Condescending maybe a bit narcissistic, you know, maybe they only ever seem to talk to you when they need to vent about something going on in their life. And they rarely want to know what's going on in yours. So that classic narcissist is an obvious toxic trait of a person. And here's the thing about that is people usually can't hide that. But what happens is, for some reason, People either just become accustomed to it for whatever reason. Um, you know, also interestingly, in my experience, toxic people tend to be like really clingy, right? Like they they need this exorbitant amount of attention from you. They need just I, I don't know. It's 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 hard to explain because it's happened to me, right? But it's they need a lot right? They, they need a lot of your attention. And if you don't give them like all of your attention, then, you know, somehow they, they, they will make you feel bad about it or, or something like that. I mean, that here's the thing. We all have our lives. We all do our things. You know, even when you're in relationships, like uh, intimate relationships, you should still have your own little separate lives, right? Whoever's involved in that relationship, it's not, they shouldn't be making you feel bad for wanting to do things that you want to do. Granted, as long as the relationship gets nourished, right? As long as that togetherness gets nourished. 
But I've always found that toxic people tend to be really fucking clingy. They need a lot of attention. And sometimes that gets really fucking tiring, right? Like that's mentally draining when, when somebody's always in a, in a crisis mode. Like toxic people are always in a crisis mode, it seems like, in my experience, right? They're always, they're, there's always a catastrophe. They're always sick. They always have an ailment. Um, they're looking up Google to make sure they, they have fucking what kind of cancer they have, you know, and it's like, they're like these angst ridden monsters that they're just, they exude this anxiety about them. And like that can affect you. You know, it's why people talk about surrounding yourself with the right people, because look, man, I don't know. I don't want to get woo woo about this, but there's no doubt that people give off some kind of energy. I don't know if it's some kind of electrical impulses we're sending out or pheromones, something with our body, but we seem to exude an energy and, and other people will pick up on that. Like, have you, have you ever been around a person who's like really tense and like suddenly you find yourself being tense and you know, that's why it's imperative that we, you know, you limit, you know, so far what I've said about these toxic types, I mean, these are pretty, pretty general and general ones that I think a lot of, a lot of people would agree on, right? The energy sort of vampires, like that's a toxic person. And we call them energy vampires. Well, it's an energy vampire. Well, it's somebody like I was just describing who's always in crisis mode. And it's like, they never seem to be able to do anything for themselves. They always need help. And if they don't get that help, it's, they turn on you, they get angry at you, and then you become the target of their frustration. That's a very toxic trait. And that that's just, you know, there, there's, there's wanting to help people like that. Okay, maybe you find yourself in that position, like, man, maybe I can help this person. But there has to come, there has to be a point where that person um, becomes their own person, and they don't need to rely on anybody anymore. You know, they, they've built up resiliency and they can um, be independent and therefore build a healthy, non-toxic type of relationship. Another interesting facet of like a toxic person that I've experienced is that they never apologize for anything, right? Even when there's a, a clear wrong, they have this inability to Maybe, maybe they lack self-awareness. Like maybe that's like a sociopathic thing, but you know, that, that toxic trait, they just never, I don't know, man, they never seem to want to take responsibility for a whole lot. And they manage to either deflect or spin it around back on you, you know, and, and, you know, this can happen in families and, you know, relationships and like, there's no differentiation here because, you know, family relationships can be incredibly toxic as well. Um, so again, like these, these, you know, what, what these toxic people are, I mean, they're, they're, you know, the crazy thing is, is that they're, it's kind of, we're, we're, it's all of us, right? Like that is, 
the other hard part about talking about talking about toxic people is I suspect, unfortunately, that probably most of us at one point in our lives, hopefully for a short period, were a sort of toxic person to someone else. You know, we we have to acknowledge that. I mean, we do. Um, because we're not perfect and we have we have periods in our life where maybe things weren't going so well and um you struggled with you know i know for a time i was an incredibly toxic person you know i was working through a lot of stuff in the military and then after um you know i i look back at who i was then and there's no doubt that i was a toxic person i was just you know, late twenties, and I was just angry uh, in the Marine Corps. You know, just very, uh, like, just very angry. You know, <laughs> you know, just exuded that sort of intensity that comes with, you know, like just being angry. Um, so, I have to admit to myself that there was a point where I was definitely a toxic person to other people. Um, and that's something I work on every day, right? And I, I had someone ask me on Instagram, sort of this question, like, well, how do we know, like, what if we're the toxic ones, right? What do we do? What do we do in that case? You know, we're talking about this toxic people and, you know, want to stay away from them. But what if you maybe, what, what if you're identifying some stuff in yourself that maybe you need to work on? Here's the thing. I would tell most people when they want to start keeping track of their mind, keeping track of their thoughts, they should start a journal. Yes, a journal. For some reason, journaling, you know, for so long has had like negative connotations. I, I don't know. It's like people assume it's something like little girls do or something. Or when I was growing up, that's the, the thought of it. And you don't you don't really hear a lot of people talk about journaling. But see, making it a daily habit of writing down the thoughts of the day, you know, maybe some interactions you had, you know, when you can get into the habit of recording those, you're, you're capturing your mindset, right? Much like people keep a workout log for exercise and training. You keep track of your sets and your reps, a journal, Yes, writing with a, a, a notepad and a, and a pen, a journal is a great way to keep track of your mental process. So if you are wondering like, damn it, man, if I, am, am I, man, am I, am I like toxic? Like, am I, am I not identifying this? Let me, let me start writing down my thoughts. Now, the thing about journaling is it's, it's imperative that you're brutally honest with yourself, right? And that's another that's something you would have to work on. I, I can't tell you how to do that. It's just you, you writing in your journal that that's supposed to, that that's the time it gives you, you know, you can allow yourself to be honest because no one's going to read it. No one's going to see it. That's, that is the raw essence of your thoughts coming out. And, you know, when I talk about journaling, I mean, one of the, the, the probably the most famous journal in history is Marcus Aurelius's meditations that's a journal i mean he kept track of his thoughts right in his journal so so journaling is a great way um to 
to capture your thought process. And as you start to write, you know, maybe start, start just writing short sentences, but you definitely want to start tracking your thoughts because you can, you can start identifying patterns that way. You know, you can start identifying like maybe you got into a fight with somebody or, or, or something, you know, something happened, something annoyed you, something upset you. And you sit down later and you write about it and you think about it. And then you ask yourself, well, why? And what, you know, what can I do to improve upon that? So, but here's the thing. If you're, if you are asking me, my, my toxic, I would already assume that you're probably not so bad, you know, because a toxic person will never even ask that, you know, they just have this arrogance that, um, they just assume, you know, they're, I guess, always right, maybe. So self-awareness is already beyond the scope of a toxic person. And not all people who we would consider toxic aren't even doing it intentionally. I mean, I, I think some people's personalities will just rub other people the wrong way. And sometimes those people just happen to be family members or they just occupy the same social circles. So they, they just put up with each other, which um, I think is probably really common. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It always amazes me that people will stay in relationships that are clearly unhealthy. I mean, you know, we could talk about abusive relationships. Those are the obvious ones you know, verbal, verbally, you know, mentally, physically, um, demeaning like that. I mean, these are the most obvious, uh, toxic relationships. And there's usually some kind of codependent behavior going on. The classic alcoholic, um, household will have the alcoholic person, and somebody else in that person's life who um, allows that addiction to continue and they kind of feed, feed it. You know, they're not really interested in getting them healthy. They just kind of keep them drinking, you know, this, and that just, it's just weird codependent behavior. And you see that in a lot of, um, toxic relationships, there's a weird codependency going on. And I think it gets to a point where those these individuals don't know how to break that cycle, or maybe they don't even want to. Now, here's the thing with all of this, you know, I'm not here to tell you what to do or how to do it. Um, these are just things I've experienced. Um, and in my life, you know, I've had to, I've had to cut people out who you know, uh, we're becoming, you know, toxic elements in my life. I mean, I've had falling out with friends and, um, I mean, it sucks, but it goes back to, you know, you just, you have to be honest with yourself, with where you want to go in your life, with who you want to surround yourself with, with how you want to feel about yourself. Um, because the company you keep will, really have a big impact on that. So it's ultimately up to you on um, 
what you're going to do if you if you do find yourself, you know, and maybe you know deep down inside that you're in a relationship right now with somebody, whether it's a friendship or, pers- you know, uh, intimate, whatever. You know, I, I think people know inherently or intuitively that, you know, that they're in this uh, relationship that that's probably not good. You know, if you ever find yourself just thinking about that, you know, if, and if there's ever a question in your mind, well, there's probably a reason why that question is there, right? There's some good reason, you know, we're, you know, I think people, we dismiss our own ability to be intuitive. Like we, we dismiss that, but I think deep down aside, like I said earlier, we all have sort of an archetype of, of what you call toxic people. Because at the end of the day, it's that, it's that golden rule of, treat others how you would want to be treated right which is some grade school level shit but it applies now we again we don't always live that way and like i said unfortunately i'm sure some of us have been toxic at some point in our life but that doesn't mean you can't change that that's the other thing about this whole discussion with toxic people is you know, that's behavior that can be changed if, if um, you know, somebody who maybe has a ton of anxiety and they, they, they seem to not have a robust resiliency, man, if something might happen where they might want to change that, they, they self-identify like, man, you know, I, I need to get a grip on my anxiety. I need to make some changes. I need to like toughen up. You know, I need to be able to endure endure things so that I can continue to move forward in a healthy direction in my life. So, you know, this whole, the, the, the concept of the toxic person, you know, it's unfortunately uh, can apply to all of us, but I think it is important to understand, you know, what a toxic person could be. It's important that we, um, you know, if, 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 if you're worried that you're a toxic person, you know, um, like I said, start journaling your thoughts, you know, start um, getting things organized and then start figuring out how you can um, start making improvements, you know, and um, going in um, a better direction. Ultimately, you want to fill your life with as many things that's going to advance your your own goals and ambitions. And that means being around the right kind of people. You know, it means having the right kind of friends, um, you know, a, a, a supportive environment. They don't always have to agree with everything. But I think that's a key to a key to success is having a core group of people that um, support each other, right? There's nothing adversarial about it. They're able to work problems out in a healthy manner. Um, There's probably a good amount of maturity involved in that. But it's imperative, like I said, to understand toxicity. And it's important to understand that we are capable of being toxic ourselves. So we need to, we need to understand that. Um, so yeah, so this 
hopefully you take something away um, from this little monologue on, uh, you know, toxic people and even toxic us, unfortunately, sometimes. Like I said, I've uh, been toxic at points in my life. I like to think that now I'm in a pretty good fucking spot. And uh, the only thing I am wor as, as worried about doing is uh, spreading knowledge and motivation and trying to be positive myself because I'm not an inherently positive person. You can follow me on Instagram at The Heathen Machine and TikTok at The Heathen Machine and YouTube at The Heathen Machine. New episodes of The Heathen Machine Chronicles drop every Wednesday. I would be grateful if you left a review or stars. Five stars would be cool. But if, look, if the show needs improvement, please don't hesitate to uh, send feedback. I appreciate everyone who listens and downloads the podcast. I'm incredibly grateful. Uh, we're going to keep moving forward. And... Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see where this takes us. From deep in the Ozark foothills, he the machine out. <laughs> <laughs>